through the whole chapter, but that, that might be a little extreme. So I'll just decide when to stop while we're reading it. If we go through to the end of the chapter, then we will. And you can have a chapter. Maybe we should do that anyway. It's all good. All the word of God is good. But Exodus chapter 16 and uh, starting in uh, verse 1. And they took their journey from Elam, and all the congregation of the children of Israel came unto the wilderness of Sin, which is between Elam and Sinai, on the fifteenth day of the second month after their departing out of the land of Egypt. And the whole congregation of the children of Israel murmured against Moses and Aaron in the wilderness. And the children of Israel said unto them, Would to God we had died by the hand of the Lord in the land of Egypt when we sat by the flesh pots, and when we did eat bread to the full, for ye have brought us forth into this wilderness to kill this whole assembly with hunger. Then said the Lord unto Moses, Behold, I will rain bread from heaven for you, and the people shall go out and gather a certain ray every day, that I may prove them whether they will walk in my law or no. And it shall come to pass that on the sixth day they shall prepare that which they bring in, and it shall be twice as much as they gather daily. And Moses and Aaron said unto all the children of Israel at even, Then ye shall know that the Lord hath brought you out from the land of Egypt. And in the morning, then ye shall see the glory of the Lord. For that he heareth your, your, murmur, your murmurings against the Lord, and what are we that ye murmur against us? And Moses said, This shall be when the Lord shall give you in the evening flesh to eat, and in the morning bread to the full, for that the Lord heareth your murmurings, which ye murmur against him. And what are we? Your murmurings are not against us, but against the Lord. And Moses spake unto Aaron, saying unto all the congregation of the children of Israel, Come near before the Lord, for he hath heard your murmurings. And it came to pass, as Aaron spake unto the whole congregation of the children of Israel, that they looked toward the wilderness, and behold, the glory of the Lord appeared in the cloud. All right, we're going to keep going. And the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, I have heard the murmurings of the children of Israel. Speak unto them, saying, At even ye shall eat flesh, and in the morning ye shall be filled with bread. And ye shall know that I am the Lord your God. And it came to pass that at even the quails came up and covered the camp, and in the morning the dew lay round about the host. And when the dew that lay was gone up, behold, upon the face of the wilderness there lay a small round thing, as small as the hoar frost on the ground. And when the children of Israel saw it, they said one to another, It is manna, for they wist not what it was. And Moses said unto them, This is the bread which the Lord hath given you to eat. This is the thing which the Lord hath commanded. Gather of it every man according to his eating, an omer for every man, according to the number of your persons. Take ye every man for them which are in his tents. And the children of Israel did so and gathered some more and some less. And when they did meet it with an omer, he that gathered much had nothing left over, and he that gathered little had no lack. They gathered every man according to his eating. And Moses said, Let no man leave of it till morning. Notwithstanding, they hearkened not unto Moses, but some of them left of it until the morning, and it bred worms and stank. And Moses was wroth with them. All right. Well, let's go down to verse 24, 25, 26, maybe. And they gathered it every morning, every man according to his eating, and when the sun waxed hot, it melted. 
And it came to pass that on the sixth day they gathered twice as much bread, two omers for one man, and all the rulers of the congregation came and told Moses. And he said unto them, This is that which the Lord hath said, Tomorrow is the rest of the holy Sabbath unto the Lord. Bake that which ye will bake today, and seed that ye will seed, and that which remaineth, remaineth over lay up for you to be kept until the morning. And they laid it up till the morning as Moses bade, and it did not stink, neither was there any worm therein. And Moses said, Eat that today, for today is the Sabbath unto the Lord. Today ye shall not find it in the field. Six days ye shall gather it, but on the seventh day, which is the Sabbath, in it there shall be none. And then the 27th verse just says that they, uh, some of the people went on the seventh day to gather, but they did not find any. So, uh, that is, is everybody familiar with the children of Israel, how they were set free from Egypt? God set them free. Okay, this is uh, directly after that, the, the Red Sea has been parted, and they've come to this wilderness called Sin. And so they are in this wilderness, and they have no food to eat. And so they start crying out with hunger, saying, we are starving to death. We need something to eat. And so then that is what all takes place here. So uh, today's title is Sleep with Bread. I uh, read this little thing, like a blog post or something, and I thought it was very interesting. And it's what spurred on this uh, lesson. Uh, After World War II, there were many kids traumatized by starvation, deprivation and fear of lack because whenever World War II was going on there wasn't much food to go around there wasn't much money everything was being focused on what was going on with the war they would uh, they would have all kinds of um, they weren't called drives but they would have people bring all their stuff like like women quit wearing pantyhose I think it was this one it could have been World War one but one of them the women quit wearing pantyhose because that's what parachutes were made out of so they would have like these drives where they would bring this stuff and then they would gather it so that it could be supplies for the military so at that time while war was going on uh, the the people bound together and they did everything they could to help a lot of this the resources and supplies was just being poured into the soldiers and the war that sometimes there just wasn't that much left over so that's that's why they were you probably knew all that but i was just clarifying that that's why these kids were traumatized by starvation and deprivation and fear of lack during world war ii but uh, after the war was over this had already been their experience for years And the new post-war situation didn't immediately make those locked-up emotions go away. So just because they knew the war was over didn't mean that the children were immediately like, oh, like, because adults, we can think of that. The threat is over. Yay, it's all over. We're good. But children have a little bit harder of a time uh, letting go of those things. So the children were more like, I still don't know if I'm going to have food to eat tomorrow. And they they were very stressed about it. So even though they were now in locations where food was abundant, they continued to wake up worried that they'd be hungry. So this caused anxiety at bedtime. Then someone came up with such an amazing idea was to give these kids bread to sleep with. That way they knew that there would be food in the morning. They could go to sleep calmly knowing their needs were met today. And because they were holding the bread tight, they would wake up tomorrow knowing that their needs would be met again. The act of sleeping with bread created peace, gratitude, and safety. 
So it sounds a little bit weird, you know, going to sleep with bread, but these poor kids had just been so traumatized and been through so much and been hungry for so long that they had a hard time going to sleep. I mean, it's like nightly somebody comes into my room, mainly Hadassah, I'm scared. <laughs> you're, not, you're not scared, it's fine, go back to bed. But really, uh, I, I've realized that uh, I think she just wants one more hug. She usually says, can I have a hug? And then she's fine and she goes to bed. So that's why I'm like, I really know you're not that scared. You're just wanting to get out of bed to get another hug. <laughs> but these kids were actually experiencing these true hard things, such as lack of food. And so giving them this bread to sleep with, they knew that that food would be there whenever they woke up. It gave them a sense of peace and comfort. So here, the Israelites have been freed from Egypt. They haven't been past the Red Sea for very long here. And they are already murmuring against God, saying that they are going to die of hunger. And they even said that uh, they had been brought out of Egypt just so they could starve to death. <laughs> and uh, I don't know if you guys find that interesting or amusing or not. Uh, if, if you really knew the story, it's very interesting thing that they're already murmuring so much against God. However, I can't really say too much about that because goodness, I mean, I miss a meal and I'm like, I'm dying. <laughs> I'm so hungry. I need something to eat. So I should be a little more understanding with them because who knows how long it had been since they had eaten. It doesn't actually say, you know, what has been going on as far as their food shortages. They could have gone a couple days without food. And yeah, that makes you hungry and that might make you a little weak, but you're not dying yet. You know, if you go without food a couple days and you still have water to drink and maybe even you've had a little snack here or there, you're hungry and you feel like you're dying, but you're not dying. So who knows how long they'd gone without hunger, but they murmured against God, uh, saying that he brought them out of Egypt to kill them with hunger. Now, do you guys remember what all happened in Egypt? There was 10 plagues, right? Wasn't it 10? There was 10 plagues that God caused to fall on Egypt so that Pharaoh would, would be bowed down and he would let God's people go. You guys remember some of those plagues? Weren't like some of like darkness and then yes. bees and yes. frogs? Mm -hmm. And then uh, there was also uh, the hail. livestock died. There was hail with Didn't fire. hail destroy all the crops and things like that? Mm -hmm. I mean like Are this... this Crickets. Or whatever it's Locusts. Yeah. yeah locusts. Anyway, and so the final plague, does anybody remember what the final plague was? Huh? The death angel. The firstborn of every family died. And so that was the final plague of Egypt where uh, they were, Pharaoh finally said to let them go. So these people had seen these wonders of God because... After all of those 10 things that happened in Egypt, there's no way that, those, that anybody really could be like, oh, that just happened. That it wasn't, that was just a coincidence. I don't know how that all happened. You know, they, they were shown the wonders of God. And so the, the children of Israel, their faith in God and their amazement with God should have still been very like real and like, wow. Did you see how awesome is that that God set us free? And then even after Pharaoh let them go, Pharaoh decided to pursue them. And what happened? God parted the Red Sea and they walked across it on dry land. And so they had just seen all these wonders and immediately they hit a little bit of a bump in the road and they say, oh, God freed us just to kill us with hunger. 
we're all gonna die. Does that not sound crazy? So um, they, they were not treated, didn't they say, is, is this already where they have said that, yeah, then they say, would to God we had died by the hand of the Lord in the land of Egypt when we sat by the flesh pots and when we did eat bread to the full. So they were saying here, why didn't you just kill us in Egypt? Why didn't we just die in Egypt when we had so much bread to eat? Oh, how wonderful. But they, this, their life was not uh, perfect and beautiful in the land of Egypt. They were slaves. They were not treated nicely. Uh, whenever uh, Moses first came to try and to set them free by the signs to Pharaoh, Pharaoh said, okay, you're not going to even get straw now. You're going to have to go gather your own stubble to make these bricks, but the quota of the bricks is not going to change. You're going to have to still make the same amount. So they were treated so cruelly in the land of Egypt. Why on earth would they have wanted to go back there? So, I want to, so they all sat, that sounds kind of stupid, right? Sounds a little stupid, a little silly, the way that they're acting, saying they're going to die of hunger after all that God had already done for them. But I want to say to you today that at times we are in danger of that same stupidity. We are in danger of walking down that same road and questioning God just as severely as the Israelites did here. Uh, after all that the Lord has seen us through, after all the things that he delivered us from, after the mighty wonders he did on the cross and rising from the grave, how could we doubt his provision? How could we doubt his promise? How could we doubt his grace and mercy? When we begin to complain about the, Lord, the, the place that the Lord has us in right now, or we feel like we aren't going to make it through the day because we are not sure if God will be faithful to us, then we are sounding just as bad as the Israelites did here. So the Israelites are crying out for food, and so the Lord says he will provide. He says he will rain down manna from heaven. Uh, and then also he says through this, he will prove the people to see if they will walk in his law or not. So the manna would rain down with the dew, and the people would go out and gather only what they needed for that day. It says that there was uh, allotted an omer per person, which an omer is about two to three liters. So each day they were only supposed to gather enough for each person in their house to eat that day. The people didn't listen, they disobeyed, and they gathered more than they were supposed to. So what happened when they did that? It bred worms and it stank, so they couldn't eat it. It was like, it, it went bad that quickly. So, um, so they don't seem to be very good at following directions so far. But how, are we any better, you know? How many of you have felt the Lord speak to you? I mean, you don't have to raise your hand, but just think about it. Think about a time whenever you felt that, that voice, his voice, tell you to do something. And you were like, oh, this is the Lord. So what would you do? Did you immediately step out in faith and do it? Or did you sit there and you go, are you sure this is you, God? Are you sure you want me to do that? Well, isn't there somebody else that can do that? Is there, is there anything else other than what you just said to do that I could do? So even in that moment, we are not even following directions very good. We can be the same. And it's so easy to point the finger and be like, they're, they're not doing it right. They're not doing it right. They're, they're being bad whenever we ourselves can do the same thing. So on the day before the Sabbath, they were to gather double the amount. Now, they may have been skeptical of this because they had already gathered more than they were supposed to, and it went bad. But when they did this, when they gathered more than they needed for the day of the Sabbath, it didn't stink, and it stayed good for that day. 
because it was the Sabbath and God had kept his promise. There were some, however, that didn't obviously gather double on the day before the Sabbath, and they went out to gather on the Sabbath, and they couldn't find any. God did not rain the manna down on the Sabbath day, so there was none to gather on that day. So we hear so much that this is a daily walk, and that you need to make sure every day you are seeking God, and you are making sure you, you are talking to God and having a relationship with him, and, and, and that's good. And we do need to do that. We, we do need to take into account that each day is, is, is part of our daily walk with God. We don't have to just focus on the future and, and be like, okay, well, I'm just going to skip all these days. We need to be focused on each day. What can I do for you today, Lord? What are you speaking to me today? And focusing on him. But what I want to say to you today is that sometimes the Lord has us to take in double so that we have plenty for the future. And the miraculous thing is is that he doesn't go bad. He doesn't stink or spoil, but it is what we need at that exact extended time in our lives. Now, this can be in the need of anything like finances or nourishment, but, but also and mainly in the spiritual the Lord can provide for our needs anytime he wants, right? Anytime he wants, just, just like he rained manna down from heaven. Anytime he wants, he can just provide the need that we need. Well, Lord, I, I really need uh, $20 for gas because I'm going to need to uh, go to such and such place. Oh, wow, there's $20 in my pocket. How amazing. He can do that. You guys believe he can do that, right? He can provide the need that you need right in the moment that you need. He can provide a miracle, and we know he can do that. He is all-powerful, but sometimes he wants to prove us. So he chooses to give us a command, and we have to decide if we are going to obey it or not. So right here, God rained down manna from heaven for the children of Israel. He rained it down, and he said, so that I can prove them. He wanted to look at them. He wanted to see if they were going to walk in his ways or not, if he was, they were going to obey his laws or not. So that is the same with us. Sometimes the Lord will, will give us com- a command to see if we are going to obey that or not. And uh, then we see, when we obey, we can see the provision of the Lord through obedience rather than just through a miracle. So we can realize, oh, rather than some great display of power, we simply obey his command and he provides for those needs. All right, Lord, today you're having me gather more up, more of this. Maybe you have a day where you're just like, Lord, uh, this, the, the, the revelations that you are giving me are just astounding. And I just, you, you are so amazing. Well, then there comes a dry spell in your life. And, and you don't hear from him for a while. Well, he has given you that time to be able to gather more of him to yourself. And so just real quick, I just want to relate uh, John six thirty two. Jesus said unto them, Verily, verily, I say unto you, Moses gave you not that bread from heaven, but my Father giveth you the true bread from heaven. For the bread of God is he which cometh down from heaven and giveth life unto the world. Then said they unto him, Lord, evermore give us this bread. And Jesus said unto them, I am the bread of life. He that cometh to me shall never hunger, and he that believeth on me shall never thirst. So what Jesus is saying there is that he is that bread of life. So just as the Israelites needed manna to sustain them in the wilderness, Jesus is our manna. Jesus is our bread of life. Have you been traumatized by lack in your life? 
like the children were after World War II? Maybe it's like a lack of joy, a lack of contentment or peace or safety. Do you feel there is only want and depression in store for you tomorrow? Do you feel a shortage of the Lord's mercy? Or do you wonder if he even still loves you? Do you wonder how he can continue loving you tomorrow after all the sin you've committed today? Are you, are you doubting if his grace will still be in store for you tomorrow? Well, the advice for these kids is the same for us, but with the bread of life and not regular bread. We must sleep with the bread of life. We must rest in him. And uh, this is for later, but I want to go ahead. Lamentations 3, 22 and 23 says, It is of the Lord's mercies that we are not consumed, because his compassion passions fail not. They are new every morning. Great is thy faithfulness. If you are wondering if the bread of life, if if his grace and his mercy is going to be available for you tomorrow, then rest in that bread of life. Rest in Jesus, knowing that he is not going to forsake you. He is not going to leave you. And just as the Israelites called manna, manna uh, actually means what is this? Because they didn't know what it was. So when you when they said manna, they were basically saying, what is this? So that is how the Jews were of of Jesus' time. They didn't understand him. They didn't understand his mission. He was heavenly and they were earthly. And even after he said this piece right here about being the bread of life and how people must eat his flesh to follow him, many disciples went back and did not follow him anymore. They did not get it. They didn't understand him. They were like, I don't know what you are, but I I I just don't get it. So... We as Christians know who Christ is. When we received Christ as our Savior, we received his mind. And although we may not understand every single detail about Jesus, uh, we can still understand and know that we need him, and we must have him as our leader and our master. And without him, we can do nothing. And so going back to where in verse 4 in Exodus, God says that he is doing this so that he may prove them. When we gather the bread of life to us, he is the one that proves us. We don't have to worry about doing all the right things. We don't have to worry about making sure all our ducks are in a row, but simply resting in him and allowing him to do the proving in us. I know we talk about that so much, but I just really want that driven down deep into your, your, your spirit and your heart that you don't earn this. You don't work for it. Your salvation is not of works. It's of grace. It's of his mercy. He did the work, and we in faith accept the work that he did, saying, God, you, Jesus, you did it, and now I'm just accepting that. And so that's it. It's that simple. And so in the Bible, it says that the, the one that gathered much had nothing left over, and the one that gathered little had no lack. Christ is always what we need. He gives us the measure of what we need, and we never have to want when we take of Jesus. So uh, the, the sleep with bread part of our title, I want to talk a little bit about rest here, and I will go through it quickly so we have time to finish up. Uh, Psalm 16, verse, starting in verse 7, says, I will bless the Lord who hath given me counsel. My reins also instruct me in the night seasons. I have set the Lord always before me because he is at my right hand. I shall not be moved. Therefore, my heart is glad and my glory rejoiceth. My flesh also shall rest in hope. For thou wilt not leave my soul in hell, neither wilt thou suffer thy holy one to see corruption. 
So verse 9, it says rest. And this is a verb meaning to settle down and to dwell. In its most simple form, there are three slight variations for it. First, it simply means to settle down. Second, it can mean to lie down or rest. When people are the object of this verb, it means that they are resting in peace and security. Third, it may mean to dwell or abide. And then also it says, my flesh will rest in hope. And so hope here is a noun or adjective meaning security. As a noun, it primarily means security or calm assurance. As an adjective, it means assurance or confidence. Our flesh, our body, our spirit, every part of us can rest in full confidence and assurance that when we wake up, that whenever we move on, when we go to that next step God is calling us to, whenever we wake up tomorrow and go to school and we face what's going to happen there, when the phone rings and it's terrible news, we can rest, we can dwell, we can abide, we can settle down in the, the rest that the Lord has for us, that he is our bread of life and that he will never leave or forsake us. So how do we do this? How do we rest? How do we dwell in God? How do we, how do, we do that? Well, you know, it might look different at different times in your life. It might look different for different people. But, but some of the things can be you think on him. You put other distractions and thoughts out of your mind, and you think on the goodness of God. Because if you're needing to rest with him, you may be facing trials. So we must focus on the goodness of God because he is good. Like we were talking about, he, singing about he is good and he's never going to let us down. We look at where he has brought us and where he promised to take us. This is where our soul can find rest with the bread of life. This is where we can have time to gather more of the mind of Christ into our life. So maybe you're wandering in the wilderness right now. Maybe you're not even paying attention to God. Maybe you're not even listening to what, what the Lord wants and you have complaints and murmurings against him in your head, just like the children of Israel did. Well, just you need to take time to gather him and to rest and to dwell with the bread of life. Dwell with Jesus. Think about his goodness. How, how, can we, how can we be down and in despair whenever we're thinking about the awesomeness of the work he did on the cross, about the, the, the miracles that he performed, anything, the miracle he's done in your life, how he saved you and redeemed you. Seek him and you will not be let down. He will not go rancid or stink, but he will nourish you and allow you to keep on living the life he called you to. So rest in Jesus and allow him to give you the strength that you need today because he is there for us. So I know that we are over our time, so I'm just going to ask that Colt close us with prayer today and that we... Uh,